Hi everyone, this is Deborah Rodriguez with another podcast, and I am here with week three, titled Travailing Through Trials, The Art of Pushing Through When There Is Too Much to Bear. So we're continuing on with the story, and this week I want to talk about something that was really on my heart regarding this topic. And so I want to talk about what that looks like and how going through the process of growing changes are happening what really happens to us in that process and how we really um, take on certain things yes it's about pushing through yes it's about travailing in the situation and pushing through when there is too much to bear but it's also about learning and understanding how to filter out certain things that come in your way and filtering those things out to be able to guard your heart, guard your mind, and your spirit when it comes to growing and pushing through. Oftentimes we push through things, we go through things, but we forget that we also take on those things. So how do we filter ourselves? How do we continue to move forward but still stay healthy and keep ourselves guarded from those certain things? So I want to talk about that and I want to talk about how I was able to push through. I talked about the beginning of the story. I talked about a lot of things, but I want to talk about what was my motivation to keep me in the mindset and in the focus that I needed to be able to get through those things. So I want to talk about that. Um, so we are focused this week. We're focused on a new scripture and it is fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the external life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. All right, so we're gonna we're going to get into this and fight fighting the good fight of faith. You know, fighting the good fight of faith is something that man, as I talked about at the beginning with the piece of faith that fell and oh just to let you guys know this is first timothy 6 and 12 so that's that bible verse if you um returning to your bibles that is your bible the bible verse and um fighting the good fight fight of faith man fight the good fight of faith fight the good fight of faith we hear it all the time we live it we you know understand it We know that it's a fight. We know that it's a battle. But how do we really, when we're going through these things and when we're getting through these things, how do we really fight? How do we really fight? Especially when we don't want to fight. Especially when we're going through something and all we want to do is complain. All we want to do is cry. All we want to do is throw in the towel. How, what, what picture do we have in our mind that keeps us to move forward and I always ask people when I talk to them I say what kept you moving forward what did you think about that kept you going when you were in this hard time so I want to go ahead and pray us in dear God thank you thank you for this week thank you for taking us through God I just pray any distractions, anything that has happened this week that has not, it took, up, took us off course, got us distracted, discouraged us, and even tried to stop us from what you're trying to do with us 
even in our day-to-day walk. God, I just pray that we just come back, come back to the true focus, which is you, which is Jesus Christ. Lord, I just pray um, whoever has been battling just a tough week this week, I just pray that you give them strength. pray that you give them clarity. I pray that you continue to heal their minds. I pray that you continue to block any distraction that is coming any dart from the enemy that's trying to come and and just give them an illusion and throw them back into that depression throw them back into that same hole that they were in before just from seeing one thing hearing one thing getting a piece of mail whatever it was Lord, i just pray that you give us keep us on on um on track i pray that you continue to decrease me decrease everyone so that you can increase in our lives and let us know that it's not about us but the anointing the the gifts all these talents all these different things come from you and it's it's not us it's not none of it is us and none of it matters at the end of the day where it goes as long as we are coming closer to you so god i thank you for that revelation i thank you for just letting us know that uh we are this this fight with life is already hard enough and so but having you in it makes it all worthwhile so god i thank you just for clearing the atmosphere i thank you for clearing the thoughts i thank you for just giving us clarity to know that we are here and we can sit with you regardless who we are what we've done where we come from to know that you still love all of us equal you have so much love to give all of us and you're going to give that to us and you're waiting to give that to us and I, and I thank you for that, and I appreciate that. So God, I pray as I get into this podcast that I'm able to just release what it is that you want me to release in this time, and that so many people, whoever's listening, that they get um, whatever they need to get from this podcast, whatever it needs to teach them and show them in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so back to what I was saying about what do you do when you're trying to get through so think about that what do you do when you're trying to get through what do you think about when you're trying to get through because I mean you might be thinking about the next piece of cake you're gonna eat on the other side I can't I'm guilty you know Lord I know when I'm gonna come out of this I know when I'm gonna get paid next week I'm going straight to the uh, buffet and I've been like that before. <laughs> I'm like, Lord, I know I'm going to treat myself because I've been sitting here eating on this for the longest and I need I need something. So what do you think about? What is your motivation when you're in a trial? And what do you think about? And so for me, I look at it as a stadium. I look at every, yes, we know that there's a cloud of witnesses. And we know that God is and his angels are up there cheering us on and that's literally how I picture my life and I picture these these times these really dark times when I was going through these situations I pictured just a crowd above me just go 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 and I mean that's that's how I pictured it I know it sounds crazy and people are like what you know but no that's how I that's how I pictured it I pictured myself going through all this hard stuff and I'm like look I got a purpose. I got to go. I can't stop. And so it would be in the smallest times. I mean, like the the hardest times where I was just alone and I would just, I would just 
feel the go, 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 go. You know, you're at the um, wrestling match. <sighs> you know, and when you come out and there's all the lights and care- that's how I, that's what I picture. And so I, I kept this little picture in my mind, in my head, that when I was going through something that even though I didn't have support around me, even though I didn't have people clapping, even though I didn't have people that supported me, there was angels and there was a cloud of witnesses supporting me and go, 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 go. And just like all along, even when, I mean, it was hard. I can just, I would just imagine God saying, you know, get up, like get up. That's not it. You know, get up. You got to finish. Get up, get up. And sometimes you got to tell yourself, like, get up, get up. Like, no, you're going to stay down, but you got to get up. You got something to do. You got to get up. And so this is what kept me moving and going, you know, and I think about the movie Gladiator. I don't know about you, but that's, that's, that, that, uh, war scene was just too graphic for me as a seven-year-old. Uh, that was one of my aunts. That was her favorite movie. And she would play that thing loud blasting on 40 volume. And there I was in the restroom covering my ears because it was so loud. And they would be fighting in the swords. And I, that's how I picture. <laughs> that's how I picture when I'm going through something. How all those people was around that. Um, that Those people fighting and they would cheer and, and, and uh, fight for the one team and all this stuff. This is how I see myself in the war, the kingdom of God, fighting that when I am through life, I always tell people, I say, I look at life as a, as a checkerboard, as a checkerboard. I used to always say this, like a checkerboard, like uh, a chess match, you know, a checkerboard. And how I would say it when I say I look at it as a checkerboard was that I felt like everything every person you came across was for a reason do you guys notice that you notice you can be like somewhere and all of a sudden somebody pops up from like your past all of a sudden which is really weird and they just like pop up and you hadn't seen them for a while but like you can be thinking about them or they pop up and then this happens and you're going through this and then somebody pops up that you seem to encourage you so I looked at um I looked at, that's how I looked at my life, like a, like a checkerboard, you know, like I looked at life like that. Like I looked at, like God literally controls every single thing and it's not like a coincidence. And I, that's what I, I see. So I see when I'm going through something, like I can just picture the clouds coming down into this situation and looking over and just, you know, if, just imagine somebody coming into your path out of nowhere. You know, that's not like I, that's not even a coincidence. And so when I think about that, I say, I always say, you know, everything is like controlled. Like I'm not trying to say like the matrix, oh, controlled and everything, but I know that God does things. People come in your path and, you know, the enemy sends things. So it's like this big match, you know, of two sides. And so one side is doing this and the other side is doing this and the other side is doing this and the other side is doing this. And I remember telling someone this some years ago and I said, this is how I see like life. You know, I see it like there's, there is a cloud of witnesses, you know, there is spiritual, um, there's, there's a spiritual realm. And I talk about all that all the time, but there's a spiritual realm and we're here on earth just living our life. But there's actually like things happening and there's, you know, it's, it's so, it's so deep 
it's really it's so deep and seeing that it really really it really enhanced and magnified with faith like faith you know and how faith is a substance it's something that you cannot see but it's there you know just imagine something like putting your hand out and you cannot see that it can be like this um something here and you can't see it but it's there I remember having this uh dream and it was so beautiful because I'm gonna just give some examples of like the spiritual realm and I had this dream and um in the dream when I woke up there was this golden um like this you know how I don't know is it a stove you know how you open up something like a scroll and you open it up and like you see a name so in the dream it was this ribbon and so I saw this dream about all this stuff and I didn't know who it was about and so I was living at this um place and I was asking God to reveal it but in a dream when I woke up I saw this golden ribbon come across my face and it had the name of the person that I needed to pray for on it and it was so powerful because it was like I saw God showed me who it was and I and in that moment I saw this spiritual realm and it was like everything was golden and like jewels you know and like um just it looked so different it was very it was so different but it was so real and I wanted to touch it but I couldn't like touch it but I could see it and um I explain um I explain a lot about these these spiritual things that that are here and they're around us but but you know because we're in the physical realm we cannot see those things you know and I want to tell you guys a story I remember once I was uh living from I was living from house to house and I was uh, asleep and I was going through so much in this time and so I had two cats and so uh well at the time I was living with the family before I adopted the other cat and um the cats would come my cat would come in uh the bed to sleep with me and the other cat started you know they became friends so they started following each other so I it was about maybe 1 a.m and I saw the cats and they backed up. They were like, eh. and I was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And so they saw something and one of the cats was acting weird. And I said, what is it that you see? So all of a sudden I saw this anchor, this anchor um, on the floor. It lit up on the floor. It was this anchor. And I saw it and God told me, he said, uh, I want, I'm rooting you. He said, I'm rooting you like this anchor. And I'm rooting you and you're going to be steadfast. And I remember that anchor gave me so much motivation in that time. It was like the anchor uh, lit up on the floor and the cats saw it. They recognized. You know, people don't think, but uh, cats can see. You know, they can, they can, animals, period, not even just cats, they can see in the spiritual realm. You know, animals can see. That's why I tell people, wherever you have a cat, whatever you're doing in that atmosphere, they're going to take on what they're doing today, doing that atmosphere. All atmospheres, uh, all cats are not, you know, they're not demonic. They don't see things, but they, any animal, anything with a soul can pick up whatever. But, um, you know, I pray over mine, uh, mine and I baptize her all the time. <laughs> baptize her and I always, you know, stay in prayer, but at that time though that cat knew something was in the atmosphere and he didn't know what it was but it backed up 
and it knew that it was something that it could not like it 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 backed up and I looked and when I tell you that was so encouraging just the fact that the Lord showed me that and I wasn't like fasting 20 days and 20 nights it was just something that I needed at that time and the Lord it, it just came into my presence it just magnified and it was so inspiring uh, that God was he giving me a sign to say I'm I'm you're getting you're you're being rooted in this time like I'm t- I'm teaching you something right now and uh, God never fails to show up you know he never fails to show up and if we just open our eyes to see we'll see and it's it's I understand people they don't understand you know it's not even about just having the gift like I think that's open to anybody who wants to be open to it I don't think like it's just I don't think God just is going to not reveal himself to you and I feel like people just have to be in a place to want to 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 know and they want to see and he'll reveal himself and he'll reveal those secrets he'll reveal those different things uh to his to his uh sons and daughters so I think that's that's very beautiful and um basically fight the good fight of faith take take hold of the internal life to which you recall when you made your good confession when you make that confession when you come to christ and you say you know lord i give my life to you that's not it after that that's not it after like lord i give my life to you you know and I just, I just think it's, you know, like, yes, we gave, you gave your life to Christ. Yes, you, you did it. You, you know, yay, that's, that's a big thing. But now you have to hold on up this confession. You have to fight. You're going to, you're going into a rink. You're going into a, a boxing rink now. And you're, you're going to start seeing things that you never, never saw before. You're going to start feeling things that you never felt before. Especially if it's the Holy Spirit involved. Just because a person gives their life to Christ, it, it doesn't mean that Holy Spirit is, is, is there and leading and guiding. I mean, you have to be open to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not going to, it's not going to force itself. It's not, it's going to sit there and it'll tell you, you know, God will show you and reveal to you through the Holy Spirit. He'll say, you know, you know, you don't, you don't need to be doing that. And you feel that feeling in your spirit. Like, I know I don't need to be doing that. I remember when this, I would, I had already, um, I had already knew who Christ was. I was walking with God, you know, and I talked about the time where I, I really kind of just shunned and walked away and went, fell back into the world. And when I came back and that Holy Spirit, I'm trying to tell you, I was going out to the clubs all of a sudden, I would be like. I remember a friend I was living with me said, oh, you're going to go out tonight? I think it was a dance. Oh, somebody wanted me to go to this Valentine thing. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go. All of a sudden, when it was time, I text my friend, oh, I don't think I'm going. The Holy Spirit was like, uh, no, you're not going tonight. You're going you're gonna to stay here. I could not go the same places in the places that I was going when I before I was, um, before, what that I was doing before. I couldn't do, I couldn't do all those things anymore, you know? So you guys excuse the wisdom. She's in a, uh, she's kind of in her little heat moment. So you'll probably hear her, uh, you know, crying. So excuse me for that in advance. But um, basically, 
I cannot do all those things that I was doing before, you know? And so I want to, I want to tell you guys, God will encourage you. He'll encourage you. He'll send things to encourage you. He'll send people to encourage you. And he will, he will show you himself. He will show you himself real in this fight of faith and going through this fight. This is a fight. So fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the internal life to which you were called when you made your confession in the presence of many witnesses. When you made that confession and said, Lord, I want to give my life to you. You know, I'm ready to walk on this walk. I'm ready to walk this walk of faith. You weren't alone when you made that confession. So now they are here cheering you on. And so... Yes, the same way they cheered you on when when you clapped and you gave yourself your your um your life to Christ is the same way you have to understand that they're cheering you on when you're going through those trials. And so that's how I picture me going through these trials. I picture me going through like I this is and people say, you know, how how can you just you made it through all this stuff? Your mom is dead, you know, your dad is not in your life. How did you make it? in through these things and I'm like because God was with me in this time he wasn't he wasn't um away from me and you know people assume that because you don't have a father that you have dad issues or you have issues no I didn't I didn't have any father issues like I I, I'm not trying to be rude my father wasn't in my life but that didn't stop me from um that didn't stop me from becoming the person I was. That didn't stop me from forgiving people. I mean, yeah, my mom had a lot of crappy men around. And, I mean, they weren't my dad. So, I can't say, like, I had, you know, dad issues. I just didn't respect the men, the certain men, like I should because of how they treated my mom. You know, how they abused her and different things like that. And so, I looked at them being this, just this non-respectful uh, people. And so... Uh, even just the type of men that I had to deal with, I just, I knew that they were not all the same, but my heart was very hardened, you know, and, uh, also because of some things that I had experienced and I had to watch as a child, you know? And so of course all men are not the same, of course. And I knew that, you know, but I knew that the, that a woman like me, especially the type of not even this type of standard like the way I was I knew that I wanted to submit to a man but I knew that I was not going to submit to someone that was not God's best for me or that was not submitted to God you know and first I knew that I had to submit to God first so sometimes the struggles and the different things that you go through in your life um yes it can highlight other areas of your life yes it can it it feels like you know uh oh, I'm going through this, I'm never going to make it through this, or uh, I'm having issues in this area. Sure, that's how it is. But you have to know that God is going to be with you on in that, and he's going to be with you on that route, and he's not going to take his hand from you. And so going through all of the situations that I went through in my life, I realized, and I, I was able to get through them because I knew God did not leave me in that. You know, and it takes... A real spiritual understanding to really know the forgiveness of the Lord and know that he's not going to leave you even when you're going through that and this is what helped me just to be able to forgive and to be able to move through even when I was going through things 
as a child. And so I want to um, just get into some things that uh, were very, one thing that was very hard for me and something that I lived with for a long time was that my mom was not there the way she should have been there in my life. And um, I want to talk to you guys about, you know, some people say they, they don't, people don't think, I've had people tell me, like, how is a young kid going to feel anything? Like, they don't feel pain. Like, or how is a young kid going to be depressed? Or how is a young kid going to be, um, like, bitter? Young, how is a kid going to be jealous? Do you understand kids also have emotions they go through stuff too and so we don't want to talk to our kids or we don't want to like I mean you if you I worked with kids even even in the studio and in school and kids have emotions they have the same emotions uh, uh, adults have and so we get so busy we don't think that kids have emotions we don't think that they pick up certain things that we do we don't we don't think that they can be mischieving or doing all this stuff no No, they pick up all these different emotions. And even as a child, like I had different things about my me. And one emotion that I had experienced was bitterness as a child. And I realized that I had bitterness as a child when I was, um, when I was 19 and I realized that I had a lot of bitterness in my, in my heart. And so I recognized it in someone and then I was like, wow, this was me. And I had to apologize to someone that I expressed the bitterness toward because I didn't know what it looked like, you know? And so I had a lot of anger and bitterness when my mom passed away because of like what I had to go through after she passed away because I feel like when she died, everything just went wrong for me. Um, I wasn't... Uh, protected spiritually I wasn't covered spiritually I ended up going through sexual abuse um you know I talked about like how I would get get hit on the butt you know by a a family member and like I would be so angry because I didn't like that and I had to like endure that you know it's almost like I didn't feel like I had a voice I couldn't talk that wasn't something that made me bitter and angry Uh, also what really had me feeling I felt so guilty you know I felt angry because I felt so guilty inside and you might be saying well why would why would did you feel guilty like none of this was our fault so when I was nine my mom would come to this she would come to our school uh, elementary school and this one time my mom came and um, she came with a dress on some tennis shoes and she had like smudged mascara and she was going through homelessness and I told you guys my mom was on the street doing like you know all that stuff and she ended up getting kicked out you know my aunt great aunts kicked her out and she was homeless and she was going through all this stuff and I was already sad and upset because I already felt like my gray aunts, like they didn't, they didn't care. Nobody cared about her. They were ready to. It was just so, it was so much neglect that she had went through, and I watched it, you know. And so, as a child, I watched what was going on to my mom, 
I watch how they treated her. I watch how she, you know, experienced sexual abuse and nobody believed her. I watch all of this stuff. I watch how they put her aside. And so it hurt me and it built so much anger in me when this happened to her and when she, you know, when she died. So I remember seeing her at coming to her coming to my school and I was so embarrassed because I didn't want people to see my mom this way. And uh, a friend of mine said, is that your mom? And I said, yes. And she said, oh, she looks like you, you know, but I was so embarrassed. And, you know, my mom would give me like these kisses on my cheek and they would be like so uh, wet. And I hated those. Like I didn't really just like affection. <laughs> I didn't, I, I don't know. I didn't like affection like that. But um, she would give me like these kisses on my cheek and all this stuff and she would come eat lunch with us. And I was just so because I barely saw her, you know, she barely was around, if she was around, there was a man around, and, you know, an ugly man, like I always say, and I used to just mess up their hair, and, you know, they were, like, pimps, and just all these different men, and, um, I don't know if I shared this story with you guys, but my dad was actually, um, a pimp, and, uh, he got, he ended up getting arrested, um, in 2013 for, uh, trafficking a 15 year old girl and raping her and uh, you know I had to spend most of my life hiding uh, from my father even when my mom died we had to like hide and uh, you know he would come there and uh, he would come there and you know beat on the windows asking for us it was so traumatizing you know because you think that you're getting ready to to uh, you think that you you're getting ready to um, get taken, and you know he would call the call us on the phone, and um, call us on the phone, and have a woman on the phone screaming, saying, "Give me my kids!" You know they were trying to sell us. So it was so much stuff. It was so much stuff going on, and uh, my mom was going through just so much stuff, and she was just really trapped and had a lot of bad friends you know and I had to see that so I was so embarrassed because I was like I didn't want people to see her like that and I saw my mom as a flower you know so imagine seeing somebody as a beautiful flower and you're you want to protect them you don't want people to see what she's going through you know and excuse me you guys if I get emotional but um, you see her as a flower, you know, and uh, you don't see her as a prostitute. You don't see her as a, you know, somebody like that that's been bruised and um, hurt in from her past, and this is why she's doing these things. That's a, you know, addicted to nicotine. And other things you don't see her like that and you don't want other people to see her like that because you don't want other people to judge her because you know her you know that she's a flower and that's how I saw my mom as a child was a flower a beautiful flower and no matter what you told me I, I never changed what I saw her as and I wanted to protect that and so few days later my mom 
was going through some things in that time and I didn't know. I knew in my spirit something was going on, but I didn't know. I couldn't like, I couldn't like process it, but I knew that she was in danger and she was going through some things. And at this time we wasn't, I wasn't living with her anymore. She was just visiting, but we went back to my aunt's house. So my mom came to visit us and they said, your mom is here, do you want to see her? And my sister went, my, my brother went. And after seeing her the first time, I said, no. They told me, do you want to see your mom? I said, no. And I didn't see my mom. And uh, a few days later, I get home and my aunt says, everybody come in the room. And she said, uh, I want to tell you guys something. And she said, uh, what was the worst thing that could have happened? And I said, somebody died. And my aunt said, your mom died. And I don't know what went through my head. My mom would call me every day. Every single day she called us. And this day she did not call and I found out she passed away. And I was told that I ran out the room and I don't remember what happened after that. But I felt so much guilt because I told them that I didn't want to see my mom and that was the last time that the last time that I had to see my mom and I felt like I let her down and I had I kept guilt for 10 years because of that because I felt I'm sorry you guys because I felt if I wouldn't if I would have saw her that she wouldn't have passed away I felt like we were you know Maybe she was looking for a sign. Maybe she was, you know, needed to know that she needed hope. And I was that for her in her life. And so, I'm sorry, guys. I'm actually talking about this for the first time. Um, on, like on podcasts or public anywhere. And I had this guilt. I kept this guilt in my heart. Just before I knew that um, God didn't hate me for doing this. That I wasn't going to be punished. And I felt that I could stop something that I couldn't. I didn't have any control over as a child. You know, as a child, they used to leave us in the house um, when I was three. I used to help to watch my siblings while my aunt went to work overnight and uh, I was only three years old and I would have to watch my siblings overnight and I just laid there and sucked my thumb while they slept until somebody came back my cousin would stay maybe an hour and she would leave so we were in the house by ourselves until my aunt got back at 7 a.m and I was the person that had to watch my other three siblings including my five-year-old brother that was two three years older than me 
so I think he was actually sick and I had to watch everyone as a three-year-old and I had so much responsibility and they would say you know you just got to watch them one more night just one more night and I I was so you know as a three-year-old it was so much responsibility on me and I felt like I had to grow up uh fast and I that's where a lot of the anger came from because I I shouldn't have been doing all this stuff I shouldn't have been taking care and watching people and and you know doing all this stuff so I found myself having to grow up this way and taking care and doing this and doing that you know and every time I was free there was something else that I had to do and so I just remember wanting a break you know it was always something it was that and then it was getting sexually abused and it was after sexually it was physical getting physical abuse in my home and then I had to move out and then go through this other stuff so it was it was a lot of trials that I experienced but I know that God allowed me to go through different things and different trials that I went through during those years actually prepared me for what it just it trained me it prepared me and I feel like every some people go through long suffering and different struggles in different times of their life I actually happen to go through the, many much of it in my a childhood and so sometimes you can go through so much things and you get used to that and I I just remember someone telling me uh recently and they came to me and they said um they said God doesn't want you suffering anymore and it, this is this is like this pastor or something came to me and said, you know, you went through so much in your childhood. I didn't tell him anything about my childhood. He said, you went through so much suffering. You know, God wants you to enjoy your life. And I just remember telling him, I said, I don't think I remember how to. And I said, you know. I didn't think about this before. and you know I tears rolled down my eyes and he said you know you need to set boundaries you don't have to do all of this stuff you God wants you to live your life you're doing these different things God wants you to live your life life now and do what's good for you now you know and I thought about ministry and I thought about all these different people I've helped and I thought about how nobody was there for me but I was there for them and I was running to help, you know, and, you know, I, at that time I had to repent. It was really weird. You're like, how do I got to repent? Because you didn't know because I was neglecting myself. I was neglecting what God had called me to first, which was myself. And so oftentimes we get so caught up in doing this or that or, um, helping so much people and pe- when people call, you know, when people call you, I would just answer the phone and answer the phone and, and, and some, a friend needed me, I'll go and this and that. No, God was like, I don't want you to just get up and go all the time. You need to tell them I can't, I can't anymore. I can't do this right now. And so I was pulling myself and I felt the same way I felt as I was like as I was a child you know and I felt like if I don't do this and God told me no you're not nothing's going to happen to them I have them in my wings I'm God 
they're calling you because you might have resources or you can give them advice. And God said, I'm their God. And so what I've learned to do now is I've learned to direct people to God. I've learned that, yes, we can pastor over people, we can help people, but we can't forget to direct them to God. We can't forget to let them know that it is God who is their deliverer and that takes them out of things. And you don't have to run so quick. You know, they talk about, um, I remember one of my friends had a, she had a newborn and I would pick it up. You know, when they would cry, I would pick it up and she would say, no, don't pick it up. You're going to spoil it. You know, don't pick it up. Don't pick it up. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, was she crying? I didn't know, you know. And uh, even when I was working at a school and I was working with the babies and, you know, one of the teachers, I, I, it was funny because one of the teachers, um, her her classroom with her babies, they were like little mil- little military soldiers, you know, because you can tell the different atmosphere in the classes. And they were very independent. You know, they were very independent. She would talk to them. She wouldn't pick them up. So, oh, so, but she would pick them up. She wouldn't neglect them, but she would give, also give them time to, to fi- like, figure it out. You know, like, uh, okay, well, is it, are you just crying because you're just crying because you want to pick be picked up? And so she really knew how to communicate with these babies. And I just used to watch her like, oh, my goodness. You know, I was changing diapers. I was doing things. And that actually helped me so much just being around a little a bunch of babies and even my even you know it's different when little young kids because they're not communicating you know they're not well they're communicating but they're not talking so I was I was teaching uh 12 months you know 12 months to six so I was teaching those students and like they were walking they really weren't um talking as much but they would look at you and they knew what to do so It was really fascinating to see, even to see little babies communicate, you know? And I realized that they have to also learn, you know? Because when we run and try to go rescue a person or a situation out of something all the time, they're not gonna learn. They're not going to learn what they need to learn from it all the time. And so it's it's good to, to allow people to what's it's important to to direct them to God and you can give them away you can give them a resource but you have to direct them to God because they still won't they still won't um they won't learn it and so I learned how to set boundaries I learned how to like know that I cannot neglect myself because I'm trying to help other people because I have to make sure I help myself first. And that was a mistake that I had made. And so all that time, I didn't know how it felt. Like, I forgot how it felt to do things for myself. You know, I would go, oh, my goodness. I would go do things for myself all the time. Like, I still do stuff now. But um, for a time, like, I didn't, you know. And it was almost like people would make me feel bad for like doing stuff for myself. They would call me, I would go help them. I mean, I would babysit people's kids. I was uh, praying for them. Every time someone called me, I was there. But I noticed when I when there was something I was going through, everyone was busy. They had a boundary. Nobody could help. And it didn't make me mad. It just showed me like where, you know, I was like, okay, well, these people have boundaries. But I don't have boundaries. Like, I need to create some boundaries now. And so, what happened as a kid was I found myself having to 
I mean, I couldn't tell them no. You know, what am I supposed to tell them? No, I'm not watching. I'm not watching anybody today. I'm not doing this today. But I just remember growing up so frustrated. And as a kid, I remember crying and saying, you know, I'm just tired. I, re- I still remember that. I look back and I remember a time while I was crying. I was going through something and my eyes were red. And uh, I was just, you know, getting whippings and just... Because I, you know, there's something else I talk about. Like, I didn't believe in uh, the Catholic, like, faith. Like, I was baptized Catholic, but I was, it was always the Holy Spirit convicted me. It wasn't saying that it was bad, like, you know, or uh, God doesn't use different things. But I, you know, we, I know all the prayers. I know all the Catholic, the Hail Mary. I know all of these prayers, but I just, there was a lot, you know, my family members will also do some of the family members they would also do witchcraft and different things like that so I would just say you know I can go to Jesus and, and repent for my sins I don't have to go to a, a, the Pope or the priest like I'm not going to that so we were always they would always talk about going into the catechism you know all the classes and I would just reject those classes because I didn't want to do it you know I didn't want to go into Catholicism and so I would get punished for it. Like, I would get spankings. I would have to get on my knees. Just all this type of stuff simply because I did not reject the Holy Spirit in my life. And I did not take on this stuff. So, I was, like, the only one in my family who who believed in the Holy Spirit, who was talking about Jesus. And all these, everyone else was quiet or they were talking about Catholics and I could not talk about Jesus. We couldn't even, if we had a, like, it's like we couldn't even have a Bible out. Like my mom would give us little Bibles. Like I had to hide them. You know, everybody was scared to pull out their Bible. It was just our journals would get stolen. Like my family members, my aunts would take our journals and they would always come up missing. It was, it was like that, you know, in my household. So I was considered like this just not not disobedient but just a, a, a radical for Jesus you know someone who talked about Jesus and, and preached Jesus and I I was in trouble for talking about for even saying his name you know for saying well this is Jesus does this and I'm trying to tell this to a person who is a Roman Catholic that don't believe really or not believers at all they weren't believers they were just Roman Catholics and so they don't believe the same thing they you know believed in Mary they worship Mary they felt you know my aunt told me she said I said well why do we pray to Mary she said well we pray to Mary because uh, uh her son will listen to her because she's Mary I said no that's not why we don't pray to Mary we're supposed to pray to Jesus and so it was a problem because I would call out things in different doctrines that were not sound and I would be I would just get in trouble for them I said you know why should I have to go to a Pope and tell him my sins when I can talk to God? And so it was different things like that that would happen that would get me into trouble. And yes, I would say I would say these prayers. I remember saying, um, you know, we would have to say this. The she said we say this prayer to get a thousand souls out of purgatory. I said we can't say a prayer to get a thousand souls out of. You know, we can't get a thousand souls out of purgatory. Only God can get them out of purgatory. We can pray for them that we save their soul, but 
just saying one soul, saying one prayer, is not going to get a thousand of them out. They might get one out. So it was just all of this little, these little different doctrines. And I used to get punished for it. It was silly, you know, and I understand that that was religion, but I wasn't religious. Yes, I am a Christian. I believe in Jesus Christ, but I was not religious to where I feel like, you know, the whole, you can't wear pants. You have to cover your arm thing. It was just so, it was so silly to me. And I felt that Jesus wasn't like that. And and that's what I walked even in my household and I got persecuted. So I had to go through all these different things. But all this time, I knew that the Lord was with me. I knew that the Lord was holding my hand in this time. And I knew that he wasn't, even when I was getting spanked and I was getting whipped uh, for all these different things, I knew that if Jesus went through it, I knew that I was, and he endured it. I knew that I was going to endure it. You know, and so once when we go through trials, when we go through tribulations, we have to understand that there is a cloud of witnesses that are watching us that are, yeah, go, 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 go. There's they're they're cheering us on in the midst of our our uh, um, trials. They're cheering us on and they're waiting for us to get back up. They're anxiously waiting. Is she gonna get back up? That's what I look at when I think when I'm going through something. I just picture that in my mind and that pulls me forward. And I just picture them saying, is she going to get back up? Is she going to get back up? Is she going to get back up? Get back up. Yay. You know, I just, I, and this is how I look at it. And this is what keeps me, people say, what keeps you going? And I had to think about that. I know that I have people on the other side that are cheering me on in this walk called life. And they're not going to stop cheering me on. And this is going to get me to faith, to faith. This is going to get me to level, to level, to glory, to glory. To promise, to promise. This is going to get me to where I'm supposed to be. You know? I want to share a, um, a movie that I was, uh, that a beautiful couple shared with me. Uh, I was living with a married couple um, when I was 20 and and their kids. And we would watch movies. They would always show me, like, good movies, you know, Christian movies and different different things. And um, they really balanced each other very well, uh, too. So their family, their whole family was so prophetic. Like, God was just flowing through that place. It was, And that's why I was able to, I saw so much stuff, you know, I saw... Uh, that's why I told y'all the different dreams and the different things. It was so angelic there. And uh, I knew, I remember telling them at the dinner table once, I said, I know God is, is uh, sent me here. And I said, I know God is going to really, um, re- God is going to really show me a lot of things here because I could see it when we were eating dinner. I would see this, the, I would see in the spiritual realm, you know, I would see like the little, it was, it's really weird, but I could see. And I said, uh, God is really uh, here. You know, I can feel that in their place. And uh, I remember we watched this movie. It's called The Pilgrim's Progress. I haven't seen this movie again, but it's a good movie to watch if you're with your family and, um, you know, after dinner or something. But we watched it together, all of us. And um, it talked about this guy and how he went out on this journey, but he not only saved himself, he saved his family. And, um, it 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 was just a it was such a good movie it was such a good movie and it showed the distractions and all these different things that comes about and I need to go watch it again but uh it was such a good movie and it really blessed me and um that's how I look at it you know how I look 
at our walk before we get to the end, you know, before we get to to the throne of God and we get to getting ready for judgment and all these different things. And uh, it's it's just a it's just a it's a beautiful walk of how he had all of this baggage and he had all of these problems. And he was walking around with all of this stuff on him. And uh, just watch it. It's called the Pilgrim's Progress, and it is. It was great. It was great. And so I look at life and little things like this. You know, you guys. I want to say something. Like meeting, meeting people throughout your life, like other Christians and and just other people who've experienced things, and hearing their story is so powerful. Like hearing their testimony. Your testimony is so powerful like your testimony is what is going to really help people and I talked about that I believe in the last podcast so much like stuff that people have told me that they've made through has encouraged me and like kept me going um and you know I just look at I'm like man so many like testimonies of of how people got through certain things it's like it helps me through my life you know, and just knowing that God has these cloud of witnesses there. So if you're feeling like, you know, I want to give up. I don't know. I don't have a motivation. Like no one is in my corner. No one is supporting me. Know that God has a whole army on the other side saying, go, 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 go. And that's how you have to look at it. You know, and he's going to send people. He's always, every time I was going through something, God has always put someone in my life. He's always sent someone. He's always put a community or sent someone a friend, you know, or a sign or just something, a butterfly, something. He's always did it, you know, an animal, a pet. Something has always come in my life that keeps, helps me and makes me smile, reminds me that I am not in this alone. And I feel like that's so important. And as a child and going through that, and, not, and when I was 19, you know, God showed me that there's different things in my life that was not in my control. And I had to forgive my mom. You know, I forgave her when I was 19. Like I had to forgive her for what she did you know, for not being there to, for us and all these different things. And I didn't realize how I had to forgive her, you know, how I had to forgive her for God, I'm having to grow up fast and I'm having to do all this stuff. And I remember being in that hotel that I told you guys about and, um, on the highway. And I remember, you know, as I was in that hotel separated God spoke to me about some things he he was going to do with my family. He spoke to me and told me that my family was going to be saved. He told me that when people walked on that where we used to live, that people were going to get saved. People were going to be delivered from drug addiction. God was speaking to me early on, years way before I even had went back home at that time. And today, my uh, sisters, brothers, siblings are saved. They know God. You know, my um, aunt is accepting the Lord, you know, into her life. So much stuff has happened. Like, my brother said he, you know, he believes in God now. He's all of this stuff because they, they didn't. 
you know they didn't they didn't before you know my sister tells her story that uh she my sister was always she can always feel she was always um she knew that there was a god you know she knew that and i told you guys we were raised like in a, a strict uh religious system and you know me being the only person at that time who could really who really knew jesus and had a relationship with him at a young age my siblings did not and so my sister on college campus my sister uh became atheist she didn't believe and uh she had a boyfriend who didn't all who also did not believe so i just remember talking to the boyfriend on the phone and he got you know we got into this spat and uh i had no idea that my sister didn't believe you know i didn't know so she's preaching now you know she does a lot of stuff missionary work um and that's what she does now and it was just so beautiful because one day she came to me this year and she said you know thank you so much for introducing me to Christ you know and she told me her story I didn't know you know I didn't know my sister's story my sister was she's still at academia you know she's getting her PhD um she was an AKA and in a sorority in college and she, you know, renounced it. She got out of it uh, because God, sh- the God showed her that it was uh, idol worship and a lot of other things. And um, she, because she, she was all that Holy Spirit was already, God was already still around and protecting her and showing her certain things. And, um, you know, God is good. God is good. I realized that everybody has a journey. Everybody has a path. And everybody isn't grieved the same. You know, we all have different grievings. We all don't see certain things. We all are on a different path. And I was talking to someone today. You know, I had a business meeting today uh, for a client. And uh, I was talking to them and I said, everyone has their own journey. We all go on different journeys. You you might have this piece. I might have this piece. I might not understand that piece. And but it but it's going to work together. And Jesus should be the focus. At the end of the day, is going to bring us together some type of way. And so I've learned that. You know, I've learned that throughout this life. I've learned that my differences shouldn't make me hate another person's differences like what I um what I understand the another person might not understand and so that's for me to bring it up you know that's for me to talk about it because we don't see we don't understand uh certain things like I remember I talked about how I used to do uh yoga you know and I remember someone telling me when I was younger, you know, you shouldn't do yoga as a Christian. I was like, it's just yoga. Like it's nothing, you know, until Holy Spirit starts showing me some stuff about that Kundalini spirit and how I was, what I went through in my dance yoga class that I, what I experienced and, you know, horrible experience. And I was like, yeah, you know, Christians should not be doing this. You know, this is not, uh, this is not the Holy Spirit. You know, this is, this is something else. And so, I didn't, I didn't understand a lot of stuff. Like I didn't see, there are different things that I rejected because I didn't understand it. I was, it was only, I only saw one side it and I didn't see it yet. And so I've learned that 
throughout life, we ha- all of us have different perceptions of things. And no, it doesn't say, it doesn't mean we compromise to other perceptions, but it shows us that everybody is on a different spectrum or a different, um, everybody's on a different dot of life. Like they're on, we're all on different levels and planes. And so I might not get something that somebody else gets yet. And so I've understood that. And throughout life, I've learned patience for people. You know, because there's un- there's different things that I did not understand before. And it was only the wisdom of God that really shined light in the Holy Spirit that shined light. You know, I'm so grateful for the Holy Spirit because it, it shined light on different things that I did not see within even within myself. And I thank God for that because, you know. How could I be able to see things? I It's not even about seeing things about other people. It's really seeing things about myself. You know? What can I work on? What can I fix? Lord, deal with certain things in my life. Am I too sensitive about this? Is this bothering me too way too much? God, yes, God cares about little things that bother us. He cares about it, but I always ask God, you know, God, like... If something happens to me and if something wrong happens or it doesn't happen the way it turns out, I say, God, you know, what do I need to learn in this situation or what did I do wrong or what do I need to fix? And so I always want to know what did I do wrong or what did I, what do I need to fix? What do I need to learn from it? Because, you know, that's having integrity for me. And I'm not going to say I always used to be like that. In the past, I used to be, that's not fair. I used to, I remember telling my aunt, you know, why do I have to uh, clean up? Why do I have to fold all their clothes? And why am I always in trouble? And I used to always ask why, why, why? And now I asked, I switched that. I said, you know, God, okay, this happened to me. Some things happened to me that I couldn't control. Some things happened to me that I didn't do nothing wrong. Okay, Lord, I switched my conversation to God. Why is this happening to me? What's going on? You know, what's going on? Like, I talked to you guys in another podcast, and I said, um, this was the one about um, the um, affair and all the different things that uh, happened, and the guy who was in adulteress and all these different things, too. And what happened was, I was late to a doctor's appointment, and I was trying to call them. Nobody came. The phone didn't ring. I was supposed to get picked up, and uh, this was like a transportation. And Nobody called. And I said, God, I said, wait a minute. I stopped. I sat down in my chair and I said, God, what are you doing? I said, Lord, what are you doing right now? What's, why, why is this happening? What are you doing? And because I I would have had to reschedule two days later. And I said, God, you know, I have to get to this appointment. I had to get, um, uh, ultrasound. I had to get a scan And I said, God, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing? And all of a sudden, they rescheduled me. I end up going in later that day. I end up getting picked up an hour later instead of the appointment was two hours later. But if I wouldn't have gotten picked up, I would have met this this guy that I I know God put in my path to talk to on the ride there. I wouldn't have got met this this person that I that I was supposed to talk to you know, regarding the situation. And so I knew that there was something 
that needed to needed to happen. And most of the time when there's a delay or something that's happening, I always ask God, God, what what is it? What's going on? Sometimes we there's a it's very important that we're in the right place at the right time. You know, you could have left at 1230. There might have been a wreck on the road and you would have got caught up in the wreck and you didn't know. So something got delayed. Everything is all purposed for a reason I look at. And and I and I think and I, I think that way, you know, and, and when you're going through chaos and when you're going through situations, ask, ask the Lord, Lord, why is this? Why is this? Um, It's all right with him. It's okay. Sorry, you guys. <laughs> but uh, ask the Lord. You know, Lord, what's what's going on, Lord? Like, what's what's going on? And I I sit there and I ask him. Okay, all this stuff is not going on. This must not be meant to happen. Even if some something someone rejects me, I get I don't get an opportunity. I say, Lord, this was not my opportunity to have. This was not you know meant for me to have. So I want you guys to think about that. Remember that this journey, you are not alone in this journey. God has not left you in this journey. You have to find something in you, something within you that gives you motivation to continue forward when you don't want to. There's something. There's always, there's someone on the other side you have to meet. There's something that you have to do. There's a purpose until we fulfill our purpose our purpose could be as simple as going sit with somebody at a dinner table one last time and that might have been our only purpose and god takes us we don't know what it is yes we have a big we have purpose in the world but that the big purpose that you have might be right it might just consist of one small thing that you haven't got to yet and i look at that i look at that as being so important so Find something deep within your soul that pushes you to move forward even when you don't want to, even when it's hard. And know that there's something big that you have to do. It doesn't matter how old you are, you know, it doesn't matter. So many um, people have changed my life. Even and people in ministry, you know, that are, that are older or, you know, elder. I don't look at them as being old. You know, they still have purpose. They still are. They still are preaching. They still are uh, doing what they're doing. They're called to do. And they're still changing lives. You know, they're still changing lives. They're, their lives matter. And so um, looking at that and seeing all these influential people, even older individuals, you know, in ministry and business and all these different things and activists, all these different people to see what they've done that wasn't in vain. So many people walked into their purpose in 40s and 50s is when they really started to move and what, like when stars start getting shaken up in different things. And so I think that that's a beautiful thing. You know, I think that God has purpose and he doesn't leave anyone out and everyone has a reason and you know everything every single thing works together for for the good and so yes I'm I'm quite young but um I still you know I still 
uh, I still look unto people. I still uh, listen to others. You know, even though God is giving me wisdom of, of regarding certain things, I don't know everything. You know, I don't know everything. I tell people, I don't know everything. I don't see everything. I still, God still sends people in my life. You know, God will send someone young, younger than me. He'll send someone older than me. And I, you know, I listen. So <clears throat> I want to encourage you guys today. Stay encouraged. Stay encouraged. Keep pushing through. And um, God loves you. So I want to go ahead and pray you guys out today. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much for just being a beacon. (sighs) Just a light. A bright light that heals us. That restores us. That leads us. That guides us. And that keeps us focused. I just feel so restored right now. Like my spirit just feels so restored and happy. And I just feel so amazing right now, God. And I just pray that who has ever's on this podcast, God, that they make it through this week, that they have a great week and they stay focused and they understand your love and show them something uh, amazing this week. Show them something beautiful this week to show them that you are still there and you're watching over them. Show them something supernatural that uh, they might not realize or see, but show them that is you and show them you in the spiritual realm, whatever it is. Just give them a surprise this week and show them that you're still thinking about them. You're still there and that you're there even in the little small at the little small spaces of things and that you care about every single thing they're doing. And I want to share a story with you guys. I was at Subway. I know this is crazy in the middle of a prayer. And um, I was at Subway and I I told God, I said, God, no, I was getting a sandwich and I forgot to ask for spinach on the sandwich. So the lady put lettuce on my sandwich and I, you know, I wanted lettuce and spinach. And so I forgot to ask for spinach. And I remember going into the dentist's office and I bit into my sandwich and I bit into a piece of spinach. And my mouth opened up. And I know y'all gonna think I sound crazy for this. My mouth opened up wide. I opened up my mouth and I was surprised and I looked inside of my sandwich and there was only two pieces of spinach in my sandwich. Keep in mind, they fill your sandwich with spinach. They don't add Subway. They don't just put two pieces. God put those that spinach in my sandwich. And I looked at my friend and I said, girl, look at this. I said, they didn't give me no spinach. I watched them and I was so upset and I was so sad that I walked away without getting that spinach. And you know, I know y'all like, uh-uh, God ain't put no spinach in your sandwich. You crazy. You, you got some mental issues. When I tell y'all, God is still doing things. He's still, he's still uh, doing spiritual things and he still cares. You know, and so that showed me, that showed me that what we think we might, we might, we might never going to get again or God forgot. He didn't forget. He didn't forget about you. He is always there. He's always watching. And, you know, it just reminds me of the Polar Express because <laughs> Christmas time is coming up, but uh, it's beautiful. You know, it's a beautiful thing. So I just pray, Lord, that you continue 
to just keep us and remind us each and every day that you love us and you're here with us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I love you guys so much. You guys be blessed. And next week is week four. We're going to be finishing off this series. I look forward to talking to you guys then. All righty, bye-bye.